Welcome to the Stop Over Drinking and Start Living podcast, where high achieving working moms come to learn how to stop over drinking, reduce overwhelm and anxiety, and show up like the players they were meant to be. I'm your host, Angela Masenek, and let's dig in. Welcome to episode 61, an interview with client Catherine. All right, you guys, I am so excited to have Catherine on the podcast today. It's so funny because we just did this whole long introduction and I forgot to hit record. So we just had a little practice round, which is super fun. But Catherine is here today. Catherine and I worked together in 2019 to help her stop over drinking. And she just blew it up when the time that we had together and continues to blow it up in her own life and in her business. She's an entrepreneur, women-led business and she struggled with over drinking just like so many of you guys do and I want you guys to hear her story and hear her mindset before coaching what she was thinking and why she was so frustrated with her relationship with alcohol and listen to where she is now I hope you get inspired to take action to solve this problem yourself so welcome to the podcast Catherine hey Angela hey everybody it's such a blessing to be here today thank you so much so (laughs) We're going to get to where Catherine is now, but first I want to sort of back it up and I want you guys to hear Catherine's story about what she was struggling the most with when she decided to do the coaching. So Catherine, tell us a little bit about your biggest frustrations, your biggest struggle with alcohol and sort of what your mindset was then. Okay. Well, I just had this love relationship with wine and it started probably 20 years ago. I hate to admit, but um, I drank every day. I didn't, I didn't start off drinking every day, but it evolved until I was drinking every night. It, I even put a wine fridge in my office because every day I had wine. Mm-hmm. People came in my office. Everybody had cocktails. And it was, I mean, I was, I was able to drink way too much. And Every night when I'd go to bed, I would wake up at three o'clock in the morning, just dehydrated and stressed and heart palpitations and wondering what was the last thing I said? Who was the last person I texted? Did I eat? What did I say? And I, I, I put up with this behavior in myself for way too long. And some mornings I would wake up and say, today's the day, Catherine, today's the day that you're not going to drink. Yeah. And by 4.30, I was opening a bottle of wine at the office. I'd have one or two glasses of wine at the office. I'd come home and probably have at least three more or four. Mm -hmm. And I would be so upset with myself. Like, why can't I do this? I'm a successful business owner. I... I have tons of employees. I can, I can do so many things, but not that. Yeah. Uh, I, ha- I have a successful family. I have children, adult children and grandchildren. I, I have so much to be grateful for. Why was I drinking all the time? Why was it such a habit? What was I what was I doing? What was I running from? Why was I drinking all the time? I didn't even know. So I started reading 
literature about quitting drinking. And it was just like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to be able to do this. Mm. And I thought, well, you know, I'm driving to the gym. Let me, let me see if there's a podcast. So I started <laughs> Googling podcasts and I found Angela. And so I listened to her for not that long, actually. Uh, a few, a few weeks maybe, and she was offering, you know, give me a call and let's talk about it and see if you're, you know, let me see if I can help you. Give me a call. Free introductory offer. You know, call me. So I did. I took the, I said, Catherine, you haven't stopped on your own. Maybe somebody else can help you. The accountability, maybe that's what you need. Because my husband tried to help me, and I don't know how everybody else feels, but I didn't like him telling me what to do. So that didn't, that didn't work at all. Yeah. It made me angry. Yeah, because you're kind of <laughs> rebellious, right? Like, you don't like to be told what to do. Oh, heavens, no. <laughs> yeah, well, so I want you to – so that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Um, you, But what started your drinking habit? Because you, I know this story, but so many of my clients are in, was in very similar situations to what you experienced. So you started struggling and started drinking because you became an empty nester, right? Oh, yes. It was uh-huh. my, both my kids left at the same time and they didn't just leave and go to college. They went to, one went to Greece and one went to Iraq. Oh my gosh. So they were across the world from me and being the, you know, probably the helicopter mom I've always been, uh, not only could I not get to my children, I, I couldn't fix whatever could be going wrong with them. Mm-hmm. So that was incredibly horrible for me. Mm-hmm. And, and Alan was so happy. My husband, you know, we've been married, uh, I don't know, 40 know. plus years. <laughs> I have to use a calculator to I find know. out. Uh, we've been married a long time and I would say to Alan but we can do this we can do this right I mean we used to be a couple before we had kids surely we can be a couple afterwards and he goes it's great we're awesome only I didn't feel so awesome yeah I felt lonely I felt like what am I going to do with me Mm -hmm. Um, yeah so I want to talk about that for a second because right now I am just teaching so many people in the podcast in my private coaching coaching group and all of my free classes, like the reason why we have this issue with over drinking now is because we looked to alcohol to make ourselves feel better. So for you, it was that you were turning alcohol to numb that loneliness, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it when was. you do that over and over again, like at the end of the day, like you're not having more extra time now, we don't really know what to do. And your brain's like, Ooh, first thought drink <laughs> that'll make yes. us feel, you know, it's not like you're consciously sitting around looking, Oh, alcohol is going to make me feel less lonely. That's not how we think, right? You're just like, Oh, that that'll make me feel better. Or, Oh, that's something to do. Or that'll, that would taste good. Or that'll be fun. Right? Like we don't consciously think we're numbing our emotions. Right? Oh no, you don't even realize you're doing right? that. But yeah. it, it, it did. It numbed my, and my husband always told me that I was so good at tuning out Mm. and that's exactly what alcohol did for me it allowed me to even numb out even more because I had to not I felt like I had to not feel otherwise if I felt I was going to just feel lonely and sad yes and we think that like we're not trained or taught how to feel our feelings right or even 
understand our own feelings, let alone oh my kind of be with them, right? So we think that those feelings are a problem and we try to escape them. That's how we're programmed. We think, you know, our brains think that we're in pain and that we're going to die. So we are motivated to get away from pain. And so if you start drinking in that moment, then you train your brain to seek that alcohol instead of working on your underlying issue, right? I know. 20 years almost. Goodness. Yeah. But you know so much more now, which is great. I do. I do. I do. And I, 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 I wished I'd have done it so much sooner, but I realized that maybe, you know, sooner wouldn't have gotten me the results that it got me today, but, um, I can't look back. You can't change time, but I'm just happy to be where I am. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us, tell us, um, a little bit about your, your initial thoughts when I, you know, offered you to come work with me and coach on this, what was it about that conversation that made you decide to pull the trigger? I was afraid not to in myself because I felt like, Catherine, you've reached out to this person to see if she could help you stop drinking because, you know, Lord knows you can't do it on your own. You've tried a hundred, a hundred times. Uh, I would set these sober clocks on my phone, like today's day one you know, 4.30, well, turn it off because today's not day one. Mm. And I had done that so many times. Um, So whenever I spoke with you, I was determined to make a change in my life. And and I thought, this person is going to help me. She's going to hold me accountable. She's going to give me tools that I've never even realized were even available to me. Uh, And that's what I learned those six months. I I am still learning, mm-hmm. but I didn't even know they were available. So I remember that day and I said, yes, I'm going to. And I was scared, so scared to say yes. But I knew I had to say yes to get where I really wanted to go. Yeah. Like you, you knew then, like you didn't, you couldn't see it then, but you knew then that fear, you shouldn't let fear hold you back from taking that action. Like you felt scared, but you did it anyway, right? No, I was, I was afraid, but I knew I just needed to move forward and that staying where I was, was going to eventually kill me because I was just going to drink, you know, myself to death. And, you know, I was very high functioning. If that's, you know, I was, I was able to go to work every day and run a successful business, but it was, it's going to take its toll eventually. Of course. Uh, And not only that, but it takes its toll emotionally and uh, as well as physically. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you, when you're not feeling your emotions, that does something to you, right? Like you're just pushing them down, buffering them away. We're meant to feel our feelings, right? Like they guide us in the direction that we want to go. If we know how to engage with them the right way, not, not push them down and buffer them with food or alcohol. I had a lot of anger. Uh, that was my go-to emotion. The first thing that happened at work, I was angry. Mm-hmm. The first thing that happened with, you know, Alan asking me, honey, you weren't going to drink tonight. Anger. I mean, mm-hmm. every, every, my first reaction to most situations was anger and defensiveness. Mm-hmm. And um, in, my, in my work with you, Angela, I have learned that I don't have to be angry. And that anger has, it's like it's, I've had a release valve. 
Yeah. It's, it's not there anymore. Anyway, yeah. it's a, I'm, I really feel like I'm a totally different person. That's awesome. Tell us about your mindset when you first started, you know, after we had that call, you said yes to yourself. You're like, I'm doing this, even though I'm scared, you came, we had that first call. Tell, tell us about that experience. What were you thinking? I was thinking, uh, I was thinking to myself, you have to do this, Catherine. You have to, you, you have to not fail because I even remember telling you, Angela, I am great at saying yes, but my execution and most things suck. Mm-hmm. but every, every day I did my homework. I didn't, I did, I did my part. Mm-hmm. I, I showed up for the coaching sessions and every night when I came home from work, even though I'd work at eight or nine, 10 hour day, I'd come home and I'd sit at the dining room table and I would read my lesson and watch the video and do my my writing ex- assignment because I wanted, I wanted this more than I wanted to sit down and, oh my gosh, I wanted a glass of wine mm-hmm. a lot of times, but I wanted this more. I wanted this freedom. That's what it is. It is such freedom for me. Mm-hmm. And so I came home and I did my homework every, every night. Yeah, I loved your commitment so much. Like you were so committed to this. You were so dedicated to figuring this out, even when it didn't feel comfortable, right? Yes, it's, and you know what? I want to tell everybody, even if you don't do your homework, I remember when our house was under renovation, Angela, you'll probably remember this. I texted you and I said, Angela, I can't meet with you this week. I've not had a minute's time to sit down and do my homework. And I just feel like I can't commit to visiting with you Mm -hmm. and you said you know what that's totally fine if that's really what you want to do but I want to tell you where your brain is going your brain is saying you can't and if you can't you won't and you're the fact that you're saying I can't meet with you it was my it was my defeated attitude beginning to show again that Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to succeed and, and you said, you don't have to do anything to show up. You don't have to do anything for the coaching call. Just show up. Anyway, it, I said, you're exactly right. I was hedging because I felt like I had not done my part. Mm-hmm. But my part really was just showing up. Yeah, you just have to do it no matter what. Like a lot of times, you know, especially now in the group program, I have, you know, videos and workbooks in there too for people to do on their own on a daily basis. And, you know, some people don't do it every day and it's okay. Like you don't want to beat yourself up about it, but you just want to jump right back in and go. Like don't just take the next action that you can take. And for you, that was just jumping on that call and honoring your commitment to yourself. Right. And just seeing that your brain was like, oh, it would be easier not to get on the call because I think I'm not ready or I didn't do my homework. So I'm not prepared. So that's easy for us not to do that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But it's harder to just show up and be uncomfortable and talk to your coach and, and say, this is what's going on. And this is why I haven't done it. And be willing to be exposed a little bit and work through that because our brain always wants to take the easy way. And in the moment yes. you decide that you're done taking the easy way is the, the day that you just, that you change your life, basically. 
Like you have to choose the hard thing when you guys are thinking about changing your relationship with alcohol. It's not supposed to be easy. Okay. If it was easy, you would just, that's why you are where you are right now. Cause you're choosing to drink instead of doing the uncomfortable thing and reaching out, getting coached, feeling your feelings, doing that kind of back work that is required to change. Right. If it was easy, we would have all done it already. Yeah. We yeah. wouldn't have needed, you know, assistance from a coach, but um, Angela, also you taught me to be intentional mm-hmm. and to plan my you know, I know you, you talk to ladies about planning their day and their week and their activities, but when I was first started the program, I was going away for a weekend with my friends, and there, everybody drank. All, there was going to be three or four couples, and everybody was going to be drinking, sitting by the pool, going to the lake, mm-hmm. doing all of this, and I was not. I was going to be the only one not drinking, and so you, you coached me on to write out what I expected and how I wanted the weekend to go. Mm-hmm. And I did that and I talked with you about it. And that's exactly how the weekend went. Even when my primitive brain popped up and said, Oh, order a glass of sangria. You don't even like it. It won't be a temptation to you. Yeah. You'll be fine. I was like, um, I'll have a root beer, please. Yes. And that brain shut up. Yeah. That thought just stopped because I didn't in, entertain it. Yes. Yeah, because you had on board, you had already managed your mind about the experience that you wanted to have, right? Yes. So I remember that call. I remember you saying that you were scared, right? Like you were nervous. Oh, what I was. You like, you were just like, what are people going to say? How am I going to explain this? Like all of that chatter. And that's so common when we're starting something new for our brain, again, to (laughs) make us feel scared so that we retreat back into the cave and do what's comfortable and what we know, right? And that's drinking. (laughs) So you were, and this is so common with so many of my clients, like, you know, I'm just coaching somebody recently who was invited to a wine tasting event and they had planned to do this wine tasting event before she signed up with me. And so now her brain is like, oh my God, how can I go to this wine tasting event and not have any fun? What are they going to think? What am I going to say? Like all of that, right? Yes. (laughs) How do you go show up to a wine tasting event without tasting wine? Right. Like our brain can't even wrap our head around that. It's so (laughs) foreign, right? Like we're just, we've never done that before. So your brain's like delivering all these thoughts, like how horrible it's going to be. And what that does though, those thoughts create us, create negative feelings for us, right? And our automatic process, our default programming is to comfort ourselves when we feel those negative emotions. So just knowing that, that that's our default and that when we feel those negative emotions, like what, what are we likely to do if we just let that cycle run? Drink, <laughs> right? So we want to yes. think about it in a way that serves us. So what I coach you to do in that moment for you, Catherine, is like, think about what you're going to feel and what you want to tell me after this event is over. Like, what's the perfect experience for you? What does that look like? Right? Like, let your mind go there. And you said something like, I'm going to go, I'm going to have a good time. I'm not going to drink. I'm going to honor my commitment. Right. Right. Yeah. And I want, and to be six, to look, to be on the other side of it and be able to say, I did exactly what I said I was going to do honoring that commitment to ourselves. And that's probably been one of my biggest lessons Mm. because 
I would do anything for anybody. I'd show up. If I told my kids I was going to do thus and so, you can bet your bottom dollar I was going to do it. But when I said to myself, you're going to do this for you. Eh, it's okay. You don't have to. You're, you're much better here at the house. Don't have to go out. Don't go for a jog. Don't you open that bottle of wine. You'll right. be fine. So good. That is like the number one problem that most of my clients have too. It's honoring our commitments ourselves. We do it for everybody else. We do it for work. We do it for family do it for our freaking pets, <laughs> but we don't do it for ourselves for some reason. So learning how to do that and showing up for yourself, even when it doesn't feel comfortable is the most important work we can do. So you decided to think about that situation. Like it had already happened, right? Like I'm going to yes. plan. I'm going to have a good time. It might be a little uncomfortable. I might have an urge, but I can handle that. Right. And afterwards I'm going to feel so amazing. And you practice thinking that way before you went to the event. Yes, I did. And it, that has served me in so many areas after that. How am I going to feel after the event? How do I want this event to go? Because there's, there's so many other opportunities in life where we don't know what it's going to be. We think it's going to be uncomfortable. It could be uncomfortable, but how do you want it to go? How do you foresee? How would you like it to play out? I just counseled my daughter on, on this exact thing for her, for her daughter. How do you, anyway, how do you, how do you, how does Julia want her experience to go why don't you find out from julia how she wants her experience to go to see if you know like getting her engaged in thinking about how she really wants this plan to unfold mm-hmm. and not just let it happen willy-nilly yeah our brains just like to worst case scenario <laughs> all the time it's our default programming because when we think negatively then we're driven to avoid right we're not putting ourselves out there and experiencing things because our negative emotions typically drive us to stay small, right? It's like run the other way, retreat, go back in the cave. That's how we were like developed as humans to survive, right? So our brain's automatic default thinking is usually negative. Then we get a negative feeling and then we retreat to the safe, the safe spot, right? We don't spend any energy. We don't want to experience pain. And then we're going to go inside the cave and get some pleasure. (laughs) <laughs> and do whatever you normally do because yeah. that's what's comfortable. Yeah, but or the cool part is that you don't have to just listen to your chatter. You don't have to listen to those thoughts. You can just be like, oh, there's a different way I could think about this. What do I want to think? What is the experience I want to have? Instead of just letting your default thinking run the show all the time. That was the huge, for me in my own journey to stop over drinking and to lose weight, it was just like, what? I don't have to think like my thoughts. Like I just didn't even know. <laughs> Right? I didn't either. I didn't either. I didn't know that that was that I could overcome my own thoughts yeah. Yeah. and new thoughts where those were. Yeah, it's so awesome. But you know what, Angela, I've had so many other benefits that I didn't even all I wanted to do was stop drinking. Right. That was my goal. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe not even stop forever. I didn't know what that was going to look like. Mm-hmm. I just knew I needed some distance, but I've had a laundry list of other benefits that I didn't even expect to happen. That's the delight. I call those the unexpected joys. 
And I like the side effect of this work, right? Like we go, we all sign up to stop over drinking. That's our number one goal. But when you stop over drinking, you're left with so much more time in your life (laughs) and you know how to manage your mind. Then you're like, oh, what else can I do? What else could I experience? Yes. And you know, I was uh, being the business owner and the uh, workaholic. I was so anxious. Mm-hmm. I was, I had a lot of anxiety mm-hmm. that I don't have anymore. It's Tell us why. Why do you think that is? Well, I think it's, there's several reasons, but I think the chemical reason is I think alcohol wound me up. Mm-hmm. But also, mentally, I know how to control my thoughts now and feel my feelings and think, why am I feeling like why am I feeling like this? Well, what are you thinking, Catherine? Oh, I tell, I, I do that a lot. Hindsight's a great thing. I'm like, you were in a mood yesterday. What were you thinking? Oh, no wonder you were in a mood. Um, but I, I used to say I was anxious because of my business. Mm-hmm. And I even had a prescription for Xanax that I took. Yeah, not that often, but when, when needed. Mm-hmm. Now I believe that I was anxious because I drank. I used to say I I was I had anxiety, mm-hmm. so I drank. Mm-hmm. Now I believe I had anxiety because I drank. Yeah. Because I don't have it anymore. I'm I'm a calmer person. I'm not I don't I don't have that anger release as at the first drop of a hat. Mm-hmm. I sleep better. I can be aware of what my thoughts are. And that was such a hard thing. I remember saying to you, Angela, I don't know. I don't know what I think. I don't know what's in there. It's like it was just a scrambled mess most of the time. Yeah. You know, really getting down to what are you thinking and what are you feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess being honest and really looking at things uh, as how they are rather than how you wanted them to be or Uh, how you, your perception. Um, So besides sleep and lack of anxiety, uh, calmer, I, I read more. I'm developing new business models. I, the list is just, it goes on. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, there's just so much available to us. And like, once you learn how to manage your mind and how to feel your feelings, you use the same process to do anything else, to grow your business, to improve your relationships. I mean, you worked a lot on your relationships, right? Yes. Like the same type of work to learn how to stop over drinking can be applied to every area in your life. And it just, it never ends. Like you just always want to do more after this problem is solved. It's pretty, it's, it's a very exciting time for me because I feel like I can just do anything I want. Anything that I set my mind to, I can do. (laughs) Can tell us how old you are? I am going to be 66 in July. Do you know how amazing that is to make such big life changes? After Uh, you've done the same thing for decades? Decades. Decades. And I... Really, like, talk about that for a second. 
you just changed your life at 65 years old. I know. And that's why I was saying earlier, I wish I'd have done it 20 years ago, but you know what? I'm just grateful to be where I am today. And you know, it doesn't matter how long you have left on this earth, you know, make it the best life you can have, your best relationships you can have, you know, joy it within yourself. I, I couldn't be happier with where I am today at 65 years old. And I, and I, so many times in the past, I, every day was like, Catherine, why can't you stop drinking? Why do you drink? every day why do you get up every morning with regret for the night before and you know regret was just drinking until I fell asleep or mm-hmm. it was just it wasn't yeah, like, like you were out doing anything crazy yeah. like you were just at home no. like just no. you would come home from work after having a couple of drinks and then you just drink until you went to sleep like it wasn't like you're you know out yeah. wise or you know fighting with people or anything like that but you didn't like the way that was making you feel right no. Uh-uh. And you know what is so exciting? This is such a little thing, but you know, being able to go to the ball game with the kids and the grandkids mm-hmm. and drive home mm-hmm. because you're not drinking. Because usually when you go to the ball games, you're just there, you know, at the bar. Yeah. That is exciting. Yeah. So exciting. It's so fun. It's so it's liberating. It's total freedom. You never have to worry about it. That's how I it's feel. like. I have so much space in my brain, so much space in my brain now that where that wine used to take it up. What what restaurant are we going to go to? Well, let me think. What restaurants have the wine that I like? Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, no, I don't want to go to brunch unless they have mimosas. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, it consumed so much brain energy. Yeah, it really does. It's just a big distraction from us taking and living our lives the way that we want to live them. That's all it is. So you decided, you know, when we first started working together that you just wanted to take a break for the original eight weeks, right? That we worked together. Yes. And then you got to the end of that eight weeks. And what was your decision there about drinking and what you wanted to do going forward? My decision after the eight weeks was I've made too much strides to start drinking again now. I don't think I ever... I don't know when I actually decided that I'm not drinking again, but after eight weeks, I went, I'm going to keep on this road because I like the direction I'm headed. I like the growth that I'm seeing. I like the, um, the person that I'm becoming. So I didn't want to, I didn't want to go back. I didn't want wine to become my go-to anymore. So I stayed on that. I just stayed not drinking. And now I just can't even imagine going back to that previous life. Yeah. So have you I made don't know. a declaration that you're not drinking anymore? Or do you say that about yourself? Oh, yes. I say I'm not drinking anymore. And I don't, it's, I mean, I, I can't even believe this, but I have wine in the house because when friends come over, I have wine for them. Yeah. And it's fine. It doesn't <laughs> bother me because. It's, it doesn't control me. I don't even desire it because I desire this new life so much more. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that you said that because before we builded, we built up that desire for alcohol, right? So we over desire alcohol when you, and you know, you did that because you just thought about it all the time, right? Like all the time. 
even if you're beating yes. yourself up in the morning, you're still thinking about it. And then at the end of the day, you're like, oops, here we go again. And then we, you know, over desire, we can't imagine not doing it right. Way too much brain chatter around alcohol. That's how, you know, you over desire it. And so when you over desire something that much, you don't have room to desire other things in your life. Right. It's like a limited resource, this desire thing. <laughs> it's like it was all consuming. Yes. Yes. And that, back when, before I, before I joined you, Angela, and the times I would, you know, de- decide myself I was going to stop, I would ask Alan, I wouldn't ask him to throw out the wine because Lord knows we can't get rid of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I might want it. So I would say, hide all the wine. Mm-hmm. And he would hide it from me so that I wouldn't, it, I wouldn't go to it and I wouldn't, it wouldn't just be in the wine cabinet ready for me to drink it. Mm-hmm. But now it can be in the house. It can be in plain sight. And it's not a temptation because my, my whole thinking about wine is different because I've seen so much growth in myself mm-hmm. and new directions that I am going that I, I like so much better. Yes. And you, you remember how that process works, right? Like, so at the beginning you did desire it, right? You oh, yes. wanted it, you thought about it, but the, the whole work that we did is like learning how to be with your feelings and not thinking they're a problem. Right. And like knowing that desire and that urge is just a feeling that you're having and learning how that and how to process that and be with it over time. And when you don't respond to it, then your desire goes down. Because again, like your brain likes to be lazy. (laughs) If it's going to deliver an emotion to you and you're not responding to it, it's not going to keep delivering you that urge to drink if there's no reward on the other side. So you reduce your desire the right way by allowing your feelings, understanding what was going on and choosing to feel them instead of covering them up. Right. Right. And when I was, uh, we went back to my friends that live in the hill country and everybody was having we were going to some shops and we were going into downtown areas and everybody, you know, p- fix your glass. Everybody's drinking uh, Prosecco. And I, was, I remember coming home and calling you or mm-hmm. texting you and going, everybody's drinking Prosecco. I really like Prosecco. Mm-hmm. I really miss Prosecco. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then I was worried, like, what am I thinking? Why am I thinking like that? Yes. I can't allow that thought. Mm-hmm. And, and you coach me like, it's just a thought. Allow that feeling. You did like Prosecco. You did like Prosecco. But it doesn't mean you have to have it. Mm-hmm. It's a thought. Feel it. Think about it. And let it go. Like a, a thought bubble was one of the uh, illustrations that you gave me, mental illustrations you gave me. So now I can think about Prosecco and everybody in the whole house drinking it and think, no, I don't drink Prosecco anymore. It's okay. I don't have to, I don't have to miss it. Yeah. And I remember you were really scared. Like, am I going to have to do this and feel this every time I'm around Prosecco? (laughs) I know. You know, I was I mean, worried. What is the, was, but what, but like, what, why is that a problem? Right. Because we don't think that we should feel a negative emotion. Right. We don't think we should have these different thoughts, but when you let go of like the expectation of that and like, Oh, okay, I can, I can feel a little urge. Right. Like it's not a big deal. The moment you of, sort of yeah. accept it, it's like, then it goes away. It's beautiful. Yes. It, and it did go away. Yeah. And I didn't beat myself up because at first I did, I was like, <gasps> 
what am I thinking? Why am I feeling like this? Oh, what does this mean? (laughs) Yes, our brain's like, something's gone wrong. It's not working. (laughs) Well, why do you think you were so successful? Like if you were to like recommend, like somebody's joining a program with me, like what would you say to that person that you gotta be like, this is what I did that helped me be successful. What would you say? Oh my goodness. Um, believe in yourself. You can do it. And Angela is there to help you and coach you and give you tools that you didn't even know existed. I think everybody, I think anybody can do it if they want to, but you have to decide that you're, that it's something you really want to do. And then I believe too, Angela, that you were so patient and non-judgmental. You know, whereas in the past when I would ask Alan to hide my wine, and then I'd say, "Oh, honey, go get me a bottle of wine. I just can't cut this." I would feel, "What's he thinking?" He's think, you know. I would feel, even if he wasn't judging me, I would feel that he was. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I never felt any judgment from you. I felt like you were always there to encourage me and coach me and help me take the next step, whatever that next step was. Yeah. I mean, I can't be judgmental, right? Because that just teaches you to be judgmental about yourself and judging yourself and beating yourself up about what you did or didn't do feels bad, right? Yeah, (laughs) it sure does. We have a negative emotion. We tend to you know, our, our actions are driven by our feelings. So if we're feeling bad about ourselves, our actions from that place aren't going to be supportive of our goals. They just don't. We like to retreat into the cave and buffer more with food or alcohol or whatever, and it doesn't serve us at all. So we like to approach it. And I like to approach my coaching, just like curiosity, like, tell me more. Why do you think that? Right? Like totally non-judgment. And then you can learn how to talk to yourself that way that serves you, right? Like learning, that's one of the big tools, right? Catherine is like learning how to coach yourself during this yes. process. It's huge, right? You can take that forever for the rest of your life now. Yes, for sure. And learning to coach yourself. Sometimes I, I, I'm, I'm better the day after than in the middle of it, because sometimes in the middle of something, I may not be able to really see clearly, but I love my journaling time every morning. I'm reflective of the day before and what my intentions are for, you know, the day ahead. But having those tools to coach yourself, like, this is what I'm seeing. This is what the circumstance is. And, you know, all the the intentional and the uh, unintentional thought models has really helped me. It's something I continue to use weekly. Yeah. So tell us, like, what your, your morning routine looks like now. I get up early. And, ladies, it's not as hard <laughs> as it used to be because... Angela used to spend a lot of time talking with me about, you can do it. Just get up. Don't, don't negotiate it with yourself. But now I get up between 4.30 and 5. I come in my room with a cup of coffee. I do my journaling. I listen to a podcast. I set my intentions for the day. I have just joined a Pilates group. So I'm going to Pilates three times a week. And my goal is to run a 5K, so I'm going to start today training for that. And then I shower and I go to work. And I come, I'm intentional about my day. 
I'm intentional about when I leave work so I can come home and go to bed, see Alan, and then go to bed early enough to get up and start it over the next day. And I'm just excited because I can, and I do, and I can accomplish anything I set my mind to. So amazing. And listen, everybody who's listening to this episode, it took Catherine a while to establish (laughs) this morning routine. This has not happened overnight, right? (laughs) Oh, no. She was very long suffering with me in that area. Like how many times do we have to talk about me getting up out of bed? I'm like, as many times as it takes. I know. I felt like I was just wasting my time with you because I'm like, I I should be doing more things talking with Angela than getting out of bed. Isn't it crazy that it was easier to stop over drinking than it was for you to get out of bed in the morning? Oh my gosh. And now I long for it. I can't wait. I even do it on the weekends. I don't get up at 530 on the weekends, but when I get up, I get a cup of coffee and I come in my room and I sit and journal and am reflective and intentional. Yes. It's the best thing that you can do. If you want to do new things, you want to support your non-drinking life, or, you know, even if people are just, you know, having occasional glasses of wine or whatever, the mind management, like we have to manage our minds, right? Our minds are supposed, like our thoughts and our brain are supposed to be processed. They're not supposed to be stored. Like we're not a storage unit, (laughs) right? We, our brain is a tool that if we know how to use it the right way, we can literally accomplish anything we want. It's the most powerful tool on this earth. Like it's created everything that we have in our lives. Right. And so we have to learn how to manage it. And that takes a daily practice of under uncovering and emptying out what our thoughts are and then putting thoughts back in intentionally that serve us to where we want to go. And that's what I'm learning to do and being intentional every day. And because I do it, I can even help my children and my grandchildren when I pick them up at school and I hear a story and I I talk to my 11-year-old granddaughter about being intentional and what her thoughts are. And and it's very exciting. The impact that it has your work, like your work on yourself, and it's not selfish. So many women think that, oh my gosh, if they dedicate this time or this money, to themselves, it's taking away from other people, right? It's not. It supports your entire ecosystem of your family life. And it, it does. It overflows your uh, work on this and you learning how to feel and you managing your mind. It has a ripple effect to everyone that's around you. It's like the best thing that you could do for your family. And my husband, he tells me all the time how he goes, I was bragging on you today. I was bragging on you telling, telling somebody, you know, what all you've accomplished in the last few months since you quit drinking. And he's just really proud of me. And, and I see, I can, I have impact where I didn't, I thought I was just doing this to quit drinking. Right. The impact, like the, the side effect, this is just one of those beautiful side effects of this work, right? Is like the impact that it has in other people's lives. So that's why I'm so passionate about it because when I can help one person change their life, it really does change the world because you does what your daughter and your granddaughter and their kids, like them learning from you in this way is going to change their life, right? They're going to think about things differently. They're going to make better decisions, right? They're going to learn how to feel instead of avoid. Like all of that is just, we don't even know the impact that this work has. And it's just a cool thing to think about it like that. It's awesome. I couldn't be, I, I couldn't be more happy. I really couldn't. 
You're the best. Do you have anything else you want to add? Did we, did we cover everything? I just, I, I would tell everybody that it's the best decision you ever made in your life because you're going to learn things about yourself that you didn't even know. And it's going to give you tools to grow, to be the best person that you could ever be. I, and I really believe that. That is awesome. I believe it's the best. I mean, coaching for me changed my life too. It was the best decision. And I, I feel a little guilty saying that, like, I love the decision to have my kids and get married to my husband, but really <laughs> the decision to work on myself and solve my over drinking and hire a coach to learn this stuff changed my entire life. So it, then it changed my family's life. Right. So I still think it was the best decision too. And I continue to invest in coaching and my mind because I know like when I invest into my mind, I can guarantee the outcome. It's so cool. Better than well, the stuff. <laughs> yes. And just like you said, when you, we invest in ourselves, we're going to invest in other people because it's we're, the tools that we're learning, the things that the tool, new tools that we have, we're going to be able to share. Yeah. So good. Thank you so much. Thank you, Angela. It's been a pleasure. I look forward to any time I get to spend with you. Aww. Awesome. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Wasn't Catherine the bomb? <laughs> I love you so much, Catherine. Thank you so much for coming on the show. You guys be like Catherine, sign up <laughs> for coaching, get on my calendar. You can request a 20 minute phone call and we'll discuss your personal situation. And I'll show you the biggest obstacle that you have to overcome with your over drinking habits. And we can talk about if you're a good fit to join my amazing small group coaching program called Stop Over Drinking and Start Living. The link to request that call is in the show notes. See you soon.